The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me I have my boy in the place to be. He is the creator and host of the Raw Sex Podcast, my boy Dominique Marks, a.k.a. Cousin Damo. And here, definitely have to give Damo a shout-out for wasn't on with us the last time that we were on to do an episode of The Vault, but, you know, we just passed the one-year anniversary of Raw Sex Podcast, so... Again, props to Damo, props to Raw Sex and all the listeners out there. Thank you for all of your support over this last year. It means more than you know, and we definitely appreciate the support and all of the guests that have come on in the first year and all the feedback that you give Damo and myself on how well things have been going. So, bro, it's been one year. We're going to keep it moving, man. So, yes, you know, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. We definitely yeah. thank y'all. We definitely thank y'all. And, you know, make sure y'all are checking that out. It's every Friday, usually Thursdays or Friday. And you can check the Raw Sex. Make sure you're following them at Raw Sex Podcast on IG and at Raw Sex Podcast 1 on Twitter as well. So make sure y'all check us out, man, and show some support to your boys. Of course, as we like to say, every episode here at The Vault, we like to take you back in time. And our motto here at The Vault is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics at NBTC. And of course, we want to give a shout out to all of our friends, fans here at The Vault for showing us love. Of course, we passed our one year for quite some time and we're excited about the rest of this year. And it's got a really ambitious schedule for the rest of this year leading up into next year which will be massive so thank you all again everyone listening stateside and of course internationally man we appreciate all the support on social media the numbers continue to be great even on our new host red circle and damo today we take a trip back on down memory lane going back 20 years ago and of course what we're looking at 20 years ago is looking at the duo of talib Kweli and dj high tech Reflection Eternal and their debut album, Train of Thought, which was released October 17th, 2000 on Raucous Records, 20 years ago. And this was one of the big and landmark releases on Raucous Records. You know, Raucous, everybody knows their catalog well. They had a very explosive but a very short run in the industry um, and definitely served as a lane for people who were sort of not into the industry as far as commercial rap that they really gave some sort of lane for those who were looking were into underground rap that were really not tired of like the flashiness of the commercialism of like the mainstream hip hop. So this really was one of those projects that fit into that mold particulars about reflection eternals train of thought. It was released on October 17, 2000 was recorded in 99 and 2000 the studio Recorded at the legendary Electric Lady Studio in New York City. 
runtime of 65 minutes and 53 seconds. There were producers on here, high tech, Talib Kweli, and of course, there was also production by the late great jazz musician Weldon Irvine, who lent his production chops on track number eight, African Dream, where was one of the more interesting tracks on this. To see his work, of course, with this, just sort of lends also to some of the other voices and producers that were on this album as well. So to me, I thought this was a project that was well put together and planned. And it was also something that was a great follow up to the great year that Raucous had in 1999, where they were just starting to really explode out there amongst the consciousness of those who were in the hip hop community, but then really into those who were not like into the underground hip hop community you know, in the coastal cities of New York and L.A. Damo, here we are, Train of Thought by Quali and High Tech, Reflection Eternal. And, you know, this is something, you you know, the circles that we traveled in. We were big raucous heads in high school, you know, our, our lunch table crew. And mm-hmm. the year before this came out, well, when we were in high school, we saw Quali and Most Deaf Blackstar to come out with their debut album, My Last Year in High School, we saw Most Deaf come out with Black on Both Sides. We also saw Pharaoh Monch's Internal Affairs come out as well. And this was in the year of 2000 after I'd already left school and you were in your last year at Bowie. But this was something that really, to me, during that transitional time where I think they kind of solidified themselves as a label where, you know, it was more than just being able to see that it was just most deaf and then a couple, a lot of other underground artists that people didn't know. So, but your perspective on it, I mean, looking back then, as far as what the album, how the album was, what you thought about it then, and then listening to this past week, what you thought about it now, 20 years later. First of all, you left me at Bowie high school. I did. (laughs) (laughs) The greener pastures. I did. (laughs) The Morgan state. Mm -hmm. But I remember, uh, getting this album and of course I was ready for it because of course like we say in other episodes back then it was one of those hype albums in the source or whatever you wherever you read your hip-hop information from where you know we got to get the hype from the album like hold on yeah it's coming they they going through there talking about oh yeah DJ Hot Tech and oh Talia like okay all right when this come out yeah and back then they really didn't push albums back like that they had a solid date yeah. So when you saw it in the magazine, it said October or it was a fourth quarter. Yeah. And you're like, all right, that's going to come in fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. when, and maybe another magazine to come out, and you're like, oh, it's coming on this day. It's, oh, it's coming out on that day? All right. Let me run the day on FYE or Circuit City and get yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, y'all know about Circuit City. That's yeah. MBTC for real. MBTC for real. Circuit City. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Circuit City, right across the street from Landover Mall. Right, right over there, grab that joint for nine ninety nine. Exactly. There you go. Because if you try to go anywhere else, you was going to pay that $16. $16, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a throwback right there. Indeed. Yeah. So I'm in my brain. I got I was like, hey, I got to run up here and get this. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cracked it open. Threw it in. I was like, oh, soul music. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this soul hip-hop right here. Yeah. And I remember, it was one of my favorite albums of 2000. Yeah. Even though that was at the end. Like, I think I psh, I burned that thing up. It stayed it stayed in the CD player or in the, in the car whenever I was with my cousins. I was like, oh, yeah. This, psh. Yeah. And just throw it on bump. Especially, you know, you're catching the bus, catching the train. You throw that thing on and listen to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Listening to it now, the same feeling. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? I really wasn't a weed head then or smoke like that then. And whenever I would get with y'all, yeah. you know, we'd light it up. But other than that, I was chilling. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but I could definitely could see this album being one where you, you twisted something up at the Morgan State and just chilled yeah. in the room. <sighs> Buddy, yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. This, I have a particular special relationship with this album. I mean, you know, what the year 2000 meant to me. That was the year I graduated from high school, the year that I went to college. And I went through a lot of transitions because that was also the year that my family moved. We moved from the neighborhood where I grew up in and my neighborhood where I grew up in Mitchellville was the neighborhood that I pretty much went there when I started kindergarten and then stayed there until after I graduated. And then this really was at a point when I was in a transition point in my life, like personally, um, Mm -hmm. I had officially become an adult, though I really wasn't an adult, but I was grown though at that particular time, as we say. Right. And I'm going to Morgan and I'm really starting to adjust to life being away from home, even though I'm only an hour away, but it's still different. I'm living with somebody that that's not related to me. I'm going to classes, um, going to across campus and seeing beautiful women, seeing different types of students. You have like the Afrocentric folks, you got the fashion people from all these different states from New York and Jersey, you got the Baltimore folks, you got the international students, and it really was a time where things were starting to change. And then particularly the reason why I remember this album, because this was right around the time my family moved out of our home, the one that I grew up in, and then we moved and we were kind of like not really knowing where we were going to live next, but we had places to stay. To me, this was sort of like the soundtrack of that particular time of my life. And when we talk about as far as like the feeling that I got from this album, first of all, I love quality and high tech, quality and high tech, but I love quality and most deaf. And then the comparison comparing with bringing high tech to do production on the most deaf and quality are black star album, which was incredible. Then to be able to hear also what most deaf did with his solo album with black on both sides. This was like sort of like the completion of the trilogy of like the triumvirate of most deaf quality and high tech. Listening to this, like you said, it's soul hip hop. Like really, it makes you feel a certain type of way. Like we talk about the way that the music makes you feel. This is like the high tech production between behind Quali's lyrics and the guest spots that are on here. The soulful way that you hear, like the way that the album pumps, the bass lines on here, ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the way the high tech did the bass lines on these. Just it being really creative, really thoughtful. And this came at a time, like you said. This was perfect for me being in college because the subject matters was everything that I was getting ready to learn being on a historically black college campus. The type of subject matter that I would hear over and over again from Hakwali. So it was almost like an orientation to what black college life would be like for me listening to this album. And it was soulful. It was thoughtful. And it cranked, too, because it had its moments. Mm-hmm. This album had moments where it would take you to consciousness. It would definitely take you at times where there was lyrical battles and then it would definitely take you to some time of reflection, you know? So it's... Um, reflection eternal. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of... This album, to me, to like I said, takes me on a variety of different emotions. That's sort of like the same way like, like Water for Chocolate did for me with Common's album earlier this year. So to me, listening back then, I loved it. As a matter of fact, when you said uh, favorite album of the 2000s, absolutely. This is on my list in my top five. I mean, it mm-hmm. might be in my top three, actually. And then yeah. now... Listening to it this week, I like immediately went back to that time frame. And I said this in, a, in an interview with somebody. 
is that you can tell that music's great when it takes you back to the time that when you first heard it or when it was fresh inside of your consciousness. And that's exactly what it did this past week. And so as soon as you as soon as you put the album in, it was the first thing that came into my boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So my girl was like, she was like, Hey, you listen to the album before? I said, Oh, this was my shit. I don't really gotta I, yeah. I, I could skim through it for real. I said yeah. I might have listened to it for real before probably about two years ago was the last time I listened to it. Mm-hmm. I normally try to get to it once a year you know some yeah. certain classics you try to listen to like once yeah. a year mm-hmm. and you know when you get to it you might bump it for like a good week or two weeks straight and then you get up off of it yeah so when you said i said dang i was just thinking about that album oh, mm-hmm. probably like about a month ago yeah. and i was like dang there you go yeah and it's crazy like how this album is put together all of the songs produced by high tech of course weldon irvine as well was on here that did some production. Quali did some hot production on this as well. But the guest stop spots on here. First of all, hilarious ass guest spots by Dave Chappelle on here in two mm-hmm. instances. <laughs> when he did that in the beginning, I was like, yo, that can't really be like when I first heard that, I was like, that can't really be Nelson Mandela, right? You know what? I yeah. can't even lie. When we was in the 2000, yeah. I thought that was Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Mandela. <laughs> 2000. I thought that was, was. Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Man. But that was Dave Chappelle, who also did a impersonation, which was the early, his early impersonation of Rick James mm-hmm. on the on the track "Touch You." But then, as far as like other skit guest guest spots, there was an appearance by the late great Gil Scott Heron after the blast. There was also a guest spot by at that time was heavyweight champion of the world Lennox Lewis, um, which was a surprise as well. But here you get guest spots from the great Vinny Mojica, who did great things with Black Star and the wonderful R&B and soul vocalist who was so underrated. You also had guest appearances by Ress, guest appearances by Rod Digger, Exhibit, mm-hmm. Cool G Rap, Kendra Ross, Les Nubians, De La Soul, <laughs> Super Dave West, yeah. and Pia Can. Like... There were that was the one thing. The one thing about the features, the features fitted yeah, the album. Absolutely, they did, and th- they that's, didn't go like to where you know we grab some features just because it's a hot name. Yeah, they put on there to sell records like yeah. they be doing now. You be like, why do it on that album? Why yeah. he on this album? Like he don't even fit this jump right here. No homo. Right, nah. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know every 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 guest spot you're like oh yeah this definitely back then you really even pay attention to that we didn't even know no better why you know yeah. they put bamas on the track i'm like oh okay he on here yeah. oh he did he did good on it but now as we matured in music and in hip-hop you know that sometimes they put bamas on the track and be like oh he don't even fit this you but just because it's the streaming era you yeah. stream well stream well yeah nah. so on these young right here yeah perfect features yeah the features fit it was and it fit with the theme of the album like it wasn't like okay even with rob digger and exhibit being on there the song that they were on fit the reason Mm -hmm. why they needed to be on there like it was like yo i i could definitely see why rob digger and exhibit are on this track with less nubians on love language that fit that theme of that Mm -hmm. actual track de la soul on soul rebels with Super Dave West and Piacon being on Touch You. Like, it just, everything sort of, like, it fit and was tailor-made almost as if, like, you want to talk about producing an album. When you produce songs, 
and you everything from the song direction to the arrangement to everything else it's like this is why this is such a well-produced album because everything no, there was nothing really out of place with this everything was sort of had its own place and that's why i think when you get a album that's, that's cohesive like that like nothing feels disjointed or out of place you got magic you know you get magic and so what i really like and i think one of the deepest things i think why this hit me so hard is because just becoming an adult and having so many things change in my life. And like, I just remember like at that point thinking when I was 18, like, Oh man, I'm moving out of my neighborhood. Like, you know, now I'm going to have to start over like in a new house in a new neighborhood, something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this sort of helped guide my emotions. You know, if, if that makes any sense, it's helped guide my emotions through that whole period, you know, cause then I was like moving closer away. Like I was moving further away from my friends and things were never really going to be the way that I imagined that they were going to as they were when I was coming up. And I had a hard time sort of, I guess you could say, coming to terms with that. You know, this sort of helped to manage those emotions for me. You know, it, it, it was school. It was moving. It was a lot of different things coming together. So now we're going to look at the highlights, lowlights and anything else that you thought about the album, anything that you would want to change. So, Damo, I'll just go into your highlights and lowlights, man. So just give me some of them. What did you think? The lyrics is the highlight. Mm-hmm. The production is the highlight. The way they set the album up is the highlight. It really flowed through. I, you know, like I say, I can remember just putting it on, going through. Only thing I really didn't like touch you like that. Really? I felt I, I see its place where it went. You know, it fit, and that's the thing. It fit where it was at or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In okay. The, in the album, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. I could skip it. Okay. Nah, I you got you. And I ain't gonna even say because. Lyrics is top tier on every on every song, yeah. so mm-hmm. I can't say, oh, you know, that song was trash. I can't give yeah. them a trash song because yeah, part of the songs is lyrics, and every is five star lyrics on every track. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I can't say that. I just didn't really like, like touch it. you. Like, like, it might be the you. only jump where I really didn't. I was like, even listening to it now, I was like, mm, yeah, that ain't really. That one really ain't for me. Yeah. And going back, I could say a song that I might have slapped on was probably Love Language. Mm. Yeah. Love Language was definitely a song yeah. that I slept on from back then that I maybe I didn't understand it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think that was a song for us to really understand when we were 18 years old, like 17, 18 years old. I don't think that was that song for us to be able to understand. It's something like now at our age, being in the positions yeah. that we are, that we understand that now. Mm hmm. So I can say, like, if you we would have did this, I don't break down. I'm like, love language. You could have took, they could have threw that away. Huh? I don't know why he put that on it, but that's seventeen year old me not going through nothing. Right. Not knowing what the hell a love language <laughs> is. <laughs> right. Thirty seven year old me. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Not nah, indeed, man. Um, anything else that you wanted to sort of point out? I can't think of the name of that group. Who got the song Big, Bigger Than Head Hop? Who was that? Dead Who Press. Was that? Dead Press. I was surprised they wasn't on here. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. Now thinking about it 20 years later, when I was going through, I said, damn, was Dead Press on the journal on here? No. And I'm yeah. like going through, going through. I was like, damn, they wasn't on the journal on here? Yeah. Damn, well, I don't know why in my head I thought they was on the track on here. Because cause this album fits some you know yeah that thing exactly like lane that same theme and you know they actually put out a song together i think it was on lyricist lounge three or one of these other mixers actually quali did a track with 
Dead Press called Sharpshooters. Mm-hmm. And that so the, and that was a pretty actually I gotta send you the link for that song if you hadn't heard it. It's actually a pretty, pretty dope song with Quali and, and Dead Press. It fits right into that sort of cat that uh that category you're talking about, you would think. And you would think they would be on something like this, but sometimes when you have different labels, it's kinda hard to be able to get a lot of different acts on there because you have to get the permission from so many different labels at times, you know? And I thought I would have got more most deaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think it's kind of fair because on Black on Both Sides, Quali was on one track. And then yeah. as a result, then Mox was on one track on this one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, well, for me, going through my highlight list, it was <laughs> it's crazy. So you get into tracks two and three, which are Move Something and Some Kind of Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Barely solid track. But to me, like I said, there are times when albums get on hot streaks. So the hot streak from this album for me is from track four. <sighs> All the way through until about track, I would say, 15. or, And then not to say the tracks after that aren't good. I really could have done without Big Dale from the Natty because it, it, I mean, I understand that was probably like Hot Tech and, and Quali's boy, and they wanted to give him a little shine. But to be quite honest, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like being at a go-go and hearing G spit a freestyle yeah. over like a slack of beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have threw, yeah, right. threw that one away. It literally, away. it was like yeah. almost like listening to Big G spit a freestyle. Like, you mm-hmm. know, G's the fr- like, nah, man. But that's really the hot streak that this album gets on. But, mm-hmm. you know, but just sort of go through the individual highlights. Like you said, The Blast, man. I mean, this was the most successful song on the album, the single, the video. You heard high tech spit a verse and nobody even said high tech on the track like Flojo. Bet you didn't know I had flow though. It was like, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> like, dog, no, you throwing down these beats and everything. Um, <laughs> the most deaf collaboration with This Means You, just really interesting beat. I mean, being able to hear Quali and, and Most Deaf together, it's still a shame they haven't come out with another Black Star album. Because I thought you said that they was coming out with they another They did. One. So they announced last year that Mad Lib was supposed to be producing another Black Star album, but then Quali announced earlier this year that it wasn't happening because of some some differences. I don't think it was differences between him and Most Deaf or through Mad Lib, but stuff happening that wasn't going to allow it to happen. Exactly, I don't know what, but I just I sent him like a tweet or something and said, yo, you might as well... Go ahead and crowdfund this album to get this album done, son. Like, you know, you got enough Black Star fans that'll send you five dollars a piece to get this album done. You know, so um, they complement each other so well. I mean, it's just like the two different styles, but it's just like Mm -hmm. they complement each other so well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Too Late was great, but the probably my favorite track on this album is track seven, Memories Live. And you probably know that from hanging around me, me, Dave and Mm -hmm. Ann, like. The sample on this on this memories live with that bringing back sweet memories from I can't stand the rain by Ann Pe- Ann Peebles and this the things that he's talking about like the, like being able to looking back at his past and seeing how his future is gonna be like crazy African dream I mean what else do you have to say about that the great Weldon Irvine helping to co-produce it down for the count <laughs> I mean everybody on there had five verses. I yeah. mean, Rod Digger leading things off, Quali in the middle, and then Exhibit finishing stuff off, man. And that beat was so ridiculous by High Tech. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like this is, this is almost like a track you got to rewind whenever you play it. Like, mm-hmm. yo, this need to go. I need to hear that again. 
Yeah, um, I listened to it twice this week. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, what the hell? Look, I listened to it again. I said, man, where the hell are I dig at? Guess yeah. she ain't show no ass. Yeah. Putting, she couldn't stay in the game. Yeah, but she was... People, when I, I listen to that, I sort of understand. It's like, yo, why people don't never give her her props when they talk about female rappers out there, yo? Well, I heard her on Yada Mean podcast. Yeah. She was talking about yeah. why she got out the game because she saw that, you know, lyrics wasn't being taken seriously. Like, look, I'm sitting up in the lab. I'm yeah. writing day in, day out. And right. then I see motherfuckers getting people help them write their lyrics and then yeah. they just shooting up the charts. Like, hold exactly. on. Yeah. I thought we supposed to write our own lyrics. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, when she saw that, that 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 was getting pushed to the forefront that the Bamas was cool with Bamas not writing their own lyrics, she was like, mm. man, this game not for me no more. I was yeah. like, dang, right? Yeah. So I'm sure she's still ghostwriting for Youngest, though. Absolutely. Probably some dudes, too. Yeah, she got exactly. Hot pen. Yeah. Putting heads to bed like Hennessy and NyQuil. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Um, Ghetto Afterlife with Cool G Rap, man. We just we just did a, a album with him a couple of weeks ago. Like, yeah. here you go. It, here it is. Five years after that came out, Cool G Rap still got a loaded clip. Still coming after him, you know. Still coming after him. Love language, like you said, is a song I appreciate much more now, being in the position that I'm in. And then Les Nubians doing a great job on the vocals. Soul Rebels was a great track with De La Soul. To me. You said your throwaway track, or if anything, would be Touch You. To me, that track for me is Eternalist. Like, you know, I'm not really a big big fan of Eternalist. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike you, I like Touch You. And as a matter of fact, it's the hook that really brings me into the song. Then the lyrics of the verses help keep me going. So I actually think, if anything, it's a nice little catchy track. It's um, It's not the best track on here, but I definitely listen to it a lot. Good Morning is a track. That's one of my favorite Jones. Yeah. That's one of my favorite tracks on here. Good morning. Back then and now. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a heavy, it's a heavy, heavy yeah. track, man. Like, yeah, when you listen to the, then, like, the. now, that's still my favorite. Like, that, matter of yeah. fact, when, that's the first joint I went to. I didn't even start at the top of the. Yeah. <laughs> of the hour. I went straight to that joint. I was like, boop. Yeah, I got to hear this. I got to feed my soul on this real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. It's a heavy track, man. It's a, from the beat to the subject matter, it's just like. Wow, man. I remember listening to it. And I remember I would get like whenever I listened to this track, I would like have it with me and I would have my seat, my disc man with me. I would go to class in the morning. I had an eight o'clock class, an English class. And I remember listening to this. It was starting to get cold. Whenever I listened to this track, I just started thinking about like cold, gray days, you know, getting up, having to walk to class and like having that just feeling of like the world being cold. Like that's the feeling that I got for it from it. Yeah, it's a heavy track. And then the very last track on here, the track that from the concept of four women, women by Nina Simone, which Quali did a, 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 I mean, just the way to be able to tell these stories of these women that were in this song, yeah. it was, bruh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so not a lot of low. I don't have any low. The only low light on here I have is Bill De, Big Dale from the Natty. That's it. Because I could have done without that. They could have taken that out and I wouldn't have missed it. Because I don't even know who Big Dale is. I don't. I haven't heard a project from him. If he has a project out and somebody out there in social media knows it, tweet it to me so I can listen to it. Because <laughs> I don't know where he went. <laughs> terrible. 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 <laughs> I told you you reminded me like Big G freestyling on a pocket beat yeah, opening up a backyard show. <laughs> Rami, like the way the Bamas used to freestyle back in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like the trash mm. bammers, not the good ones. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
but the beats on here crazy. The bass lines on here are ridiculous. Like I remember playing this in my car and I had my volume up all the way up. And I think it was when the blast came on and you just hear that doom, 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 doom. Like it just, I was like, woo. Okay, I said, let me turn this down a little bit for these motherfuckers start thinking I'm ratchet or something, like, for real. But that the bass lines on here are crazy. To me, when it comes to high tech and producing, bro, it's... Wow. I'm surprised he's not used more. Yeah, but you know what? I think that what happened is that as the years went on, there were so many other producers that were doing what he was doing and sampling people like Kanye started to emerge. You started to hear more from Dilla. You started to see more from Alchemist. So I think after a while, so I think he sort of get lost in the shuffle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think after a while, it's like it was, um, people are doing this sampling thing better. You know what I'm saying? Or they saw, thought they were doing it better. But to me, I always thought that he was one of the best producers in the game because of his, ex, like the breadth of his knowledge of when it came to what he did in producing, like the, you know, his depth, what he could do. So he could go to so many different types of tracks to sample and make it sound like an excellent beat. You know what I'm saying? And, and so this kind of shows, man, his chops. And, you know, he did put out an album after this, had high technology with a lot of folks over his beats. But I haven't really heard a lot from him lately. And it's, it's unfortunate because I thought he was a really, really good producer. So now we're going to get into notable quotables. So I want to hear what it is that you have for yours. Do you have a notable quotable for us? So many on here. Uh huh. Yeah. It's hard to choose just one. Mm-hmm. But of course, like I said, it was one of my favorite jumps. I had to go to Good Morning. Mm-hmm. I'm probably on some government list for my rhyme, and you a fool if you don't think they already tapped your line. Medicine is big business, so my ribbon is, is herbal. It's music for the people, so we've reflection eternal. Listen, you hear the difference between science and science fiction. We blow it out like if you leave on every appliance in the kitchen. Mm. At once, still rolling kind bud and Cuban blunts on the corner and watching how kids come into Brooklyn for their fronts. Niggas run past what they need, chasing after what they want. Fucking chumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you walk down the street and get jumped. Brooklyn cats like the bubble out of town, no looking back. When you're a ghetto chef, you master the art of cooking crack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some get caught sleeping on the mother city, so when they go, they come back as tales of niggas we used to know. Mm-hmm. Come back as tales of niggas we used to know. Yo, it's like it's like you seeing the future. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's in this big business. I'm yeah, like, oh, Earl, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah nigga, this show like 20 years ahead of its time. <laughs> niggas going to Brooklyn to get their fronts, man. That's just showed exactly how. Like, if you talk to people in Brooklyn, how Brooklyn changed, and it was just like. The change started with people coming in to get the newest swag and get all the stuff that we have because they wanted to be like us. Then they moved in and took over our cities, you know? So, yeah. yeah. My notable quotable comes from Memories Live, of course. My favorite joint on there. Mm-hmm. And it's the second verse. Like thoughts out the back of my mind, going back in some time, like when you used to cut and had to go to the back of the line, look back and you find tracks to make you relax and recline. I'll catch rapping about packing the nine when they lack in divine inspiration. Running out of topics of conversation, will I drop it in the pocket because rocking's my occupation. Mm-hmm. I do it remarkably, spark a belief and possibly you could follow me, tap into your chi. Utilize your memory to help you see clearly to get, utilize your memory to help you see Clearly to get back to me. Actually, nothing new under the sun. So when life be stressing me, my remedy is bringing back sweet memories. 
like faces that are woven in the fabric of my consciousness from cities where making 21 is a big accomplishment. And when my people understood their prominence and my past life visions of the continent, like the first time I saw KRS Live rocking it, I heard resurrection by common sense, dominant in my psyche. I chose my direction like Spike Lee to speak my life through mics, but I never take it lightly. It's, mm. I mean, mm. it's, um, that's my favorite track on there. And that second verse in particular just hits home to me. You know, my past yeah. life visions of the, no, like when my people understood their prominence and my past life visions of the continent. I mean, oh man, it's this album. And to me, I think yeah, Quali was still sort of figuring out his flow at this particular time. I think he was still figuring it out, but he was spot on on a lot of these tracks, man. You know what? Bama's be overlooking Quali. Yeah. As a lyricist, man. Absolutely. Because you hear a lot of Bama say top five, but mm-hmm. you don't be hearing Bama say. He does not get the respect that he deserves. Top five. He and a, I, you can't really. Mm-hmm. You got to say he top 10. Hmm. You got to say he top 10. Top Whoever ten. you want to put him in your 10. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking top He's 10? You think about top 10 all time? He got to be in there. And all time? All time? I don't know about he all. He got to be in there. So listen. Or right, on the, or right in that. 15 Lyri- so, you know what I'm saying? yeah so lyrically i'll put this i would say he's definitely in the, the top half of i would say lyrically definitely of probably the best some of the like best 30 cats all time definitely within that conversation i think him and most def are two people that don't get their respect enough you know and most def hasn't made music in a while so i think mm-hmm. when you're not in the public consciousness yeah, as a rapper a lot people forget you get for you get get forget you've forgotten mm-hmm. after a while but listen to this you get reminded though you know i mean top 10 lyrically all time that's a that's what uh, i said about top 15 i said about top 15 top 15 well, okay you want to put him in it i don't want to say he the top 5 yeah but within that 15 his name should at least come up you know what i mean I would say this. I'm He's, not saying artists. Yeah, you're saying lyric, whatever, lyrics. You know, lyrics. That's, that's yeah. everything else, but lyrics. Lyrics, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. No, nah, definitely. I definitely think he can be in your conversation if you want to say 15, 20, whatever. I think even top 50. If you want to go top 50 rappers all time, lyrics, he's de- safely there, but then the conversation gets interesting once you start going into top 20 and then 15. But I think without a shadow of a doubt, people don't give him the respect that he deserves, you know? And it's crazy bro like to me i sort of like look at his career and i think now that he's going the independent route is the reason why when you don't have the machine of a label behind you to push things and you have to finance everything yourself it gets hard you know but also they they don't want to feed us what he's saying no they don't don't. they don't they don't want this music for yourself and open up your mind nah they want you to hear young little pump and yeah Little X and right. a whole rack of other Travis little about popping Tra- Zanny, yeah. little yeah. Zannies and yeah, Travis Scott. They don't want you to know yourself. Yeah. That's not you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you saw this jump. I saw it like I think I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did or I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was um Crazy Bone. He was doing a uh in uh something came out. He was talking about uh a music editor, well a music exec had a a private meeting and they had other execs in the room but it mm-hmm. was other people in the room mm-hmm. and they was talking about how they was going to take over hip hop and what they was going to push out mm-hmm. Yeah, and whoever didn't agree with what was going on and told them to leave the meeting or whatever like if you didn't stand with it leave the meeting and you can't say whatever was said in the meeting mm-hmm. and said the guy came out I guess just recently and said 
he, they, I guess they didn't, he didn't put no name on it, but he mm-hmm. said the guy came out and said everything that they said they was going to do, they yeah, did. They did, yeah. Ah, man, it's the same reason why they want to push you to McDonald's and Burger King and Popeye's mm-hmm. and Arby's and not want to, you know, reason why there's not a Whole Foods, a Trader Joe's, the fresh food markets everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. they want they don't want you to consume good food that'll make you well. They mm-hmm. want to get you stuff that'll eventually get you sick so they can make money mm-hmm. off of you. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. But Quali, um, when when you said like when you're doing things and you're independent, like the way that he is and the course he has is the People's Party podcast that he does now, too. Um, he's had some problems because he's had a lot of trolls on the Internet. People have been. You know, talking about the whole thing about the the girl and Quali and the fact that he they said he was bullying her and everything else. But quali has been the target of a lot of different groups on Twitter that and social media that have been attempting to out him as something that he's not. And mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to get into politics. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do understand where he's coming from. And a lot of people may not fool with quality because he's an acquired taste for some people. But to me, because of the type of things that he always spits in his music and the knowledge that he has, I always have love for him, though. And that's mm-hmm. just me. You know what I'm saying? So so now we're at the, the test, the ultimate test, and to see if it stands the test of time. So is it a certified classic borderline classic a classic just in this time or not a classic at all so what say you damo i'm gonna say certified classic mm-hmm. it's certified classic because you can go straight to like i said as soon as you said it i went straight to a song yeah and it's a whole record album this year you can say yeah this album came up like huh yeah. mm-hmm. i can't even think of one song on it yeah the reason why i love doing this show is because to me, when you talk about music, it's one of those things that the great albums that you have, you can always sort of go back to the ones that you remember the most. Now, we look at this show as of albums that are 25, 20, 25, and 30 years afterwards, and it's mostly hip-hop, some R&B, some reggae. But the fact that we can do this show and the fact that we can these episodes with these albums that we cover and we can go back to exactly what it is that we felt. And we remember these is the reason why I love doing this show because it's like, now you said like, I've listened to a lot of albums this year. I think I've forgotten more than half of them already. (laughs) You know, I'll never forget this album. I'll never forget this album because personally what it means to me and what it helped me get through in the point of my life that I was going through and it helped me manage some things with me internally And because of listening to it, the soul of the music, the message of the music and the way it makes me feel and it's quality, it's it's up up and down, 100 percent quality, like no fillers, no substance, all substance and things that really can do everything to make you nod your head, to make you dance or to make you think, cry, laugh, love, whatever. So to me, for me, that's the reason why it's certified classic and. You know, I always tell people when we talk about classics, like I remember I was talking to some folks on the Internet about certain stuff like, yo, you think this is a classic? You don't think that's a classic? I'm like, yo, we can't go just by the ratings of the magazines gave gave stuff. You just can't go by the sources system to be like, yo, this is a classic or it's not a classic. It's like, yo, the matter of what's classic or not is going to be subjective. But I do think that we all have the criteria, like I said in one of my podcasts earlier, what you think a classic is. And to me, I think this meets all the criteria, bar none, 100 percent. So. There we are. So Reflection Eternal, Train of Thought, year 2000, 20 years ago, October 17th, 2000 from Raucous Records. 
Y'all make sure y'all go check it out. Go listen to it. Um, there's some great retrospectives out there. Um, I had a lot of great memories listening to this album again this past week because it brings me back to a certain time. So make sure y'all go check out Reflection Eternal Train of Thought. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also make sure you check out The Vault Podcast, of course, on social media. If you go to any one of our social media sites, you can get to our link tree. You get to all of our streaming sources and, of course, all of our social media channels. You can reach us on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and, of course, the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast on Facebook and also on YouTube. You can go there, check us, like the Facebook page, follow the YouTube page as well. Make sure you subscribe and check us out. And of course, interact with us on social media. We love to be able to hear from our fans and love to hear to see the feedback that we get from all of you. So make sure you check us out. And of course, make sure y'all checking out Raw Sex Podcast every Thursday or Friday. Make sure you're checking out the week. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. It's great relationship talk with me and my boy Damo on there, man. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And if you have that friend that is listening, make sure that friend tells a friend as well. Always want you to remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we want to remind you all that to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.